0: Do you remember the the old saying that if you don't have something nice to say, you want to finish it for me? (laughs) Don't say anything at all. Remember we were taught that when we were like four? You know, it was like one of the first lessons we were taught. And I think it came from Bambi, actually, Thumper. Uh, The character from Bambi uh, is the first to uh, coin that phrase. If you don't have something nice to say, Don't say anything at all. So I think that's a pretty good start. But our readings today give us kind of a more sophisticated, nuanced, more complicated picture of the nature of how we might go about correcting someone. Right? Are we allowed to judge and correct behavior? What does that look like? What do we have to be careful about? How are we supposed to handle that? How are we supposed to approach it? And the scriptures today all deal with with that question. And I wanted to put it into into the context of what I perceive as kind of two cultural trends, which actually, I think, really move in opposing directions. So on the one hand, I think our culture is really averse and repulsed by the notion of judging others. That we have this, I think, maybe because of a fear of being called intolerant Um, a kind of absorbed relativism that says that all truth and all moral values are somewhat relative and and subjective to the individual. You know, maybe it's um, kind of a shallow understanding of the nature of love as just kind of niceness or tolerance. Maybe it's a bit of a misinterpretation of Jesus' sort of uh, nuanced words on judging others. But for whatever reason, our culture sort of has an aversion or repulsion to making judgments about other people's behavior. But at the same time, in the online setting, in social media, judgment abounds. So on the one hand, we have this incredible aversion to it, but in another whole sphere of human interaction there is this incredible cult of judgment so things like online shaming and doxing and trolling getting ratioed on twitter like i don't even know what half these things are but students tell me about them these are all areas where like people just pile on on social media to tell you how bad you are to tell you where you're wrong right to tell you you've got to change. So like simultaneously we have this aversion to judgment and then we have a whole sphere of human communication for which judgment is extremely commonplace. So our readings actually speak to both realities today. First of all, the scriptures are clear that there is a place for judgment of behavior and possibly correction of behavior that there is a place. Now I want to make very clear something from the outset, which is the scriptures are very clear that we are never to judge someone's status before Almighty God. Their spiritual status before God. We do not know that. That's God's prerogative. That's not ours. But the scriptures also clearly teach that we can judge behavior, and in fact, sometimes have to correct it. That there are behaviors that stop us from reaching our full potential as human beings. And there are behaviors within a community that undermine and strain the bonds of unity and peace within that community, and sometimes those things have to be called out. In the first reading from Ezekiel, he goes so far as to say that we actually can be held responsible. If, we're, if somebody's entrusted to our care, that we actually can be responsible for not calling out and helping someone to grow by correcting behavior. Think of a coach with a player, a teacher with a student, a parent with a child, a priest with his flock, that there is some responsibility we bear when people are entrusted to us to help them to reach their full potential, and sometimes we know that that means tough love. The second reading, St. Paul says, love is the fulfillment of the law. Right Not some shallow understanding of love as simply niceness, right But love, as traditionally understood in the Christian tradition, which is willing the good of the other. And we know that sometimes to want what's best for the other is to want them to change some aspect about themselves that is destructive and harmful. And finally, Jesus' entire gospel presumes that there are behaviors to correct. He gives us the model and the method of how to do that. But he presumes that you can commit wrong, you can commit injustice and sin, and that that might need to be rectified. Now, we have to be really careful if we're going to correct wrongdoing in others. St. Thomas Aquinas gives us three areas we have to check ourselves before we would even consider it. He said the first thing you have to be aware of is the sin of hypocrisy. That the minute you're, you're calling out the wrongdoing of another, you should be aware that you have something of a similar nature or even bigger wrong in your own life. And you immediately, you immediately label yourself a hypocrite by trying to call out the problems of others. He said we have to watch the sin of hypocrisy. He said we have to watch the sin of pride. Because the more we're focused on the shortcomings of others... It's often also the case that the less we're focused on our own problems, that the more we tend to rationalize and downplay and make insignificant the problems in my own life because I'm so focused on the speck in yours that I don't focus at all on the beam in my own. Aquinas also says we have to take into account whether our correction would actually be received well and be productive and constructive. So he says we have to have prudence. We have to determine in a particular case if I share a correction here, is it actually bound to make the situation worse? Is it going to be perceived as constructive criticism and likely to be received in a relationship of trust in which maybe they'll listen, or is it going to be received as coming off as holier-than-thou and as judgmental and intolerant? And we have to take that into account, right? There are certain people we probably shouldn't be correcting, you know? Like, our families are sometimes a good example, right? It's like, or strangers, you know? In other words, prudence is required in in determining that. So the first cultural trend that says we can't ever judge behaviors or correct, right? The scriptures say, no, 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 we might have to. We might have to for others' growth and the maintaining of unity and peace in a community, but we should always do it uh, in a loving way and making sure we are checking at the door our own hypocrisy and pride and make sure we use prudence the second trend of being much more intolerant and judgmental in a much more global setting of social media than individually jesus says we got to get rid of that jesus lays out in the gospel the process by which we correct another and it is very contrary to what we do today Because Jesus does not say when you have a problem with somebody, you should post about it on social media. He does not say that when we have a problem with someone, we should share that and and direct message and DM our friends and rip on that person behind their back. He doesn't say any of that. He says very simply, you have a problem with somebody, you go directly to them and them alone, and you address the issue. Right? You don't air it and broadcast it to everyone else. Now, there's a place for venting, right? There's a place for venting with a spouse or with an intimate friend or with a therapist or with a priest, right? There's a place for venting. But we know the difference between venting and gossip. We know the difference. Venting is about helping me process something. Gossip is about bringing someone else down precisely so that I appear better than them. Right? So there's a place for venting, but Jesus' main principle is that if we have a problem with someone, our goal is not to broadcast it out so that... Because I think we like it on social media because everybody rallies behind us. Everybody that already thinks like us, they get behind us, they jump on the bandwagon. We rally behind ripping on this person. Makes us feel courageous because we're behind the, the anonymity of the screen. We don't have to confront somebody directly. Right? There's all sorts of reasons I think we, we like that approach in our fallen human nature. But Jesus says, if you can't conjure up the courage... To correct someone face to face, we probably shouldn't be airing it for everyone else to hear. So this is a tough topic, right? It's a tough topic of judging behavior, of correcting behavior, of how we might do that. Um, And yet we know kind of what works and what doesn't. We know that in a relationship of trust, we can often receive. constructive criticism in a way that we can't from a stranger. And again, Jesus gives us the method by which we might address someone uh, with an area of their life that's hindering their own potential and possibly breaking and straining the bonds of community. So I think um, Thumper was on to something, right? Uh, But we might rephrase the saying slightly, right? Well, more than slightly. Slightly. If we have to say something hard to someone, we do it in the most loving way possible and making sure that we are first committed to our own humility and our own integrity before doing so. And that if we have a problem with a specific person, we don't air that for everyone else to hear. We don't say anything at all to them. We address it with the individual that has wronged us. I realized that wouldn't have made Bambi, uh, that rephrasing of, uh, of the issue. But that's, I think, the complicated nature of what Jesus uh, proposes to us today uh, as a means of, of going forward and helping others grow uh, into their, the best version of themselves.